Oh, good mood-boosting tunes, Elliot. Thank you. You're welcome. Hey, happy long weekend to everyone. Ellie and I were just talking about how we had really no idea that it was a long weekend because we always work in the middle of it. I don't uh, understand what these things are. I've heard them. They're mythological. I don't understand. We work Sunday nights, but uh, but we're happy to be here so that we can hopefully entertain you, keep you company for an hour. Um during your Sunday evening of the long weekend. It was a nice weekend up until, I don't know, I guess about two hours ago when that crazy storm blew through. I know there was hail in some areas and uh, I loved, I was checking Twitter. People had amazing, like, Photos of the sky and clouds and wind blowing through. Uh, but hopefully you've been having a good weekend. I'd love to know how you have spent it because a lot of things were going on. Um, we did have, you know, for the most part, really nice summer weather. Uh, also, Carabana was happening. Let me know if you check that out at all. You can always text in during the show. It is live. 71010. Or are you one of those lucky people who keeps Instagramming really relaxing, calm, serene photos from a cottage and you're... You're sitting by the lake and having a good time or having a barbecue. Anyway, let me know. 71010, you know where I am this long weekend. I'm in town uh, with a lot of people, actually, because I was because I live downtown. I saw a lot of the uh, Carabana um, festival goers over the weekend. I have to say, I love the costumes. I think it's a lot of fun. I think it brings great energy into the city. And uh, I saw a group of women yesterday wearing like the little shorts and bikini tops and these great costumes with these huge feathers and they're just standing on Spadina waiting for the streetcar, which is, you know, not normally what you see, but you know, you know what weekend it is. Um, so last week was actually a really special show for me. Uh, my best friend of 20 years did the show, Nat Lozon. She's a wonderful, talented uh, radio broadcaster and voiceover artist who lives in Montreal. I had spent a couple of days in Montreal, including the weekend, and saw some stuff uh, during Just for Laughs, which was the first time, actually, I caught any of the, uh, any of the events during Just for Laughs. And um, she does amazing volunteer work. She does a lot of work to help uh, save animals, rescue a lot of animals from puppy mills. Uh, Quebec has, unfortunately... Uh, one of the worst reputations for puppy mills and animal abuse. Um, I believe it's just that the punishments aren't extremely harsh, so it doesn't really deter people from um, from you know continuing to breed animals in terrible conditions. But she does a lot of work and awareness. Um, so she's a wonderful person, and and because she has known me for so many years, we had a lot of fun in the show. And if you'd like to catch that, you can always find the podcast on my website, which is paychen.com, or you can find the show. Just look up uh, the Paychen show in iTunes, or just Google it. Actually, you can find it on a couple of different uh, podcast streaming sites. So it's a lot of fun to do the show with my best friend. I hope you get to do it again. Um, a few days ago, I was uh, chatting with this guy about uh, like retro video games. I was talking about how I grew up uh, with Atari gaming systems, like nothing complicated. I don't even know what the most current gaming systems are right now. I know there's like Playstations and things that are more complicated than I can understand. But in my day, it was Atari. And it was games like Donkey Kong or Pac-Man. Those were, you know, challenging enough. Very simple games. So he was explaining something to me about these newer gaming systems. And then he said, well, as you know, because you probably have kids. I said, oh, no, you know, I don't have kids. Um, 
And I wasn't angry by his assumption, um, but I was sort of irritated by the way he he phrased it and he assumed. People ask me all the time if I have kids. That's a legitimate question. To me, it's like saying, do you live in town? Or, you know, so I think it's absolutely fair to ask someone that. Um, it's also because I have done a lot in children's television and people often assume that I, I must relate because maybe I have kids. Um, so no problem if you ask me, but I just think you have to be so careful when you phrase an assumption by saying, well, you know, assume you have kids um, because it can, what if I really wanted to have kids? But, I, but what if I couldn't have kids? What if I was having trouble having kids? Um, you know, because I have many friends who have had and who are having some challenges conceiving. So this is why I'm bringing it up. Um, you know, I have friends who've gone to great lengths to have a baby, who've suffered miscarriages along the way. And I think if you say something like, well, you know, I assume you have kids or don't you have kids to someone who is is really trying or perhaps has just suffered loss, then this comment, even though it's not meant to be, it can be very hurtful. Um, I have very, very dear friends right now who have spent a lot of money on fertility treatments. And it's very hard for them when people say, well, you've been married a few years. Why don't you have kids? Don't you want kids? Just don't say those things. Those things can be really hard for some people to hear. The same goes for uh, asking someone why they're single. Don't ask. Don't, don't say it like that. Why are you single? Do you want to be alone forever? It's this kind of something my mother would say, and I think she's the only person who can get away with saying it, even though it really frustrates me. Um, I just find it slightly inappropriate. I, you can share your thoughts with me if you like. Seven, ten, ten. How do you know that I wasn't like just dumped or something the day before? And you're like, why are you single? Um, my friend's husband left her for a young perky thing he met on a business trip left her and her two, their two-year-old daughter. So just be careful how you phrase that. Um, speaking of my mother, she's the type of person who would say that. Uh, I am heading home to Halifax in a couple of days. My brother, my sister-in-law, and their baby, my niece, they will be traveling there as well. So I'll finally get to meet her. She'll be five months old. The whole Chen family will be together in one house. In my parents' house, not it's not the our childhood home. This is a house that they uh, moved into after my brother and I left. Um, but we will all be in the same house along with my sister-in-law and niece for the first time. And if you know anything about what it's like when I'm home with my parents, you can follow along. You can delight in my misfortune. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram, Twitter at Peichen. You can find me on Facebook. I'll be putting up all kinds of secret things up there because my mother doesn't really know the extent of the internet. You know where I'll be sleeping is there is a room with my brother's 30-year-old twin bed, and that is the room I'll be sleeping in. So anyway, I'll come back with back problems. Uh, coming up after the break, what is all this fuss about bees? You may have been seeing it a lot more in news stories, um, in magazines, and wondering why you should care. Well, you you actually really should care because you might think it's just about pollinating flowers and honey, but the problem with bees right now could actually be jacking up your food costs and making a huge 
impact on what you are able to purchase at the grocery store. So, you know, without bees, some of your favorite foods won't even be available. So I'll tell you what you need to know and uh, maybe, you know, some ways that you can you can help out. Um, so that's coming up after the break. Also, I found this really interesting. Um, now magazine writer Adria Vassal, who's the ecoholic, she does great work in kind of digging up the dirt on different products and the chemicals that are in it and the things you should be aware of, um, the chemicals that maybe you should really try to avoid. So she breaks it down in a really great way. So she's going to talk about um, the things, the chemicals in your shaving cream and shaving gel. Because I know you're just you're slathering it on your body, scraping it off your skin regularly. It's something you should know. Um, also, what's lurking in the materials of the car seat that your child is constantly touching and breathing in? You will want to know about this. I know a lot of parents try to make... Um, they go to great efforts to ensure that their children are safe and don't come into contact with um, chemicals. But you might be surprised by the things that are being used in the car seat that your child is in. So Adria is going to talk about that, and that's coming up um, at 8.30. So after the break, they're responsible for a third of the food you eat, and they're in danger. What you need to know about bees coming up next. Don't forget that you can always text in during the show at 7.10.10. And I'd love to know how you've been spending your Long weekend, if you've been enjoying the weather. I mean, just minus the last two hours, no big deal. Um, so text in at 71010, or you can always tweet me as well, at Pei Chen. I'm here every Sunday night until 9 p.m. Uh, next Sunday, well, let's get a bit of a lie. Next Sunday, Vinny's going to be in, because I'll be in Halifax. But you can always follow along at Pei Chen. Right now, we are going to see how the roads are doing on this uh, Sunday of the August long weekend. <laughs> Hey, welcome back to the show. Thanks for tuning in on your August long weekend. Uh, assuming that most of you have a long weekend and uh, we're here just to entertain you and keep you company. Um, there's been a lot of buzz over bees in recent years and you might not think it has a lot of impact on your life, but actually it does. It really has a huge impact on your life. I've got Daniel Miller on the phone. He's the uh, co-founder of Beekeepers Naturals. Hi, Daniel. Hi, Pei. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing well tonight. I know that you have taken time out because uh, you're celebrating a wedding tonight. So thank you for, for joining us. Hey, thank you for having me. Always time to speak about the bees. So, you know, for people who are listening, who aren't, uh, you know, maybe following the story about, uh, you know, why bees are have been kind of in danger and of concern in recent years, uh, what's all the fuss about? So just get, I get to brief overview. So in 2006, this uh, phenomenon called colony collapse disorder sort of became very prevalent, picked up by a lot of news stations. And essentially what was happening was bees were just picking up and disappearing. There weren't any dead bees in the hive. The, all the healthy bees from the hive would just fly off and leave like a, some eggs and brood and stuff like that in the hive. And no one really could figure out what was going on. So we've kind of been working on improving that, but we still have a lot of problems in terms of bee deaths. Um, and, you know, two, two winters ago in Ontario, 
uh, beekeepers lost over 58% of their hives, and that's compared to a long-term average of about 15%. So, wow, that's a huge increase. Yeah, it's it's honestly pretty scary. The numbers haven't come out for uh, Canada or Ontario yet this year, but in the U.S., they just had over 40% throughout the entire year, and that's one of the highest years on record for them. So it's not just numbers in dwindling in North America, but I, I've read a few articles that say, you know, there's researchers in like all parts of the world who are noticing uh, the same thing. Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, you know, being closer to home in North America, we obviously read more about that. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's definitely a problem worldwide uh, phenomenon. And, you know, we'll get to why it matters to everybody. But Albert, there's a quote that Albert Einstein uh, said he said, what, if, bees, if bees die, mankind has four years left on this planet. Well, that's dramatic. Yeah, a little dramatic. Albert was known for that. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, he was pretty smart about some pretty things. So, guy, yeah. um, Now, is there, I know that there's a lot of, um, there's been a lot of talk about, you know, pesticides that are affecting bees and the environment as well has been changing. So, you know, our winters are cold. They're very wet. There's been a lot of environmental influence. Um, and, and I know that that's making it very difficult for many beekeepers or families who make a living off, let's say, producing honey or, you know, things like that. Um, it's making it very difficult for them to sustain a living. Yeah. So, I mean, we like to call it a bit of a perfect storm. And you know, a lot of people point the fingers at pesticides, but there's, I guess the truth is there's a number of factors that are all sort of working together, creating this perfect storm, if you will, for the bees. And it's, you know, the pesticides have an effect. We're spraying a lot of our crops with pesticides these days to keep away other pests, but then mm-hmm. we also are hurting the bees either, you know, straight up lethally or sublethally, and it's a bit of a longer-term effect, lowers their immune system, and then the winter comes around, it's a particularly cold winter, because of the climate or they're not able to deal with mites there's a lot of uh you know typical things mites and other things like that that bees have had to deal with for ages and you know when we're when their their immune systems are lower they have a lot harder time dealing with that so no go ahead no i was also going to talk quickly about monocrops so you know we have a tendency to sort of plant full fields of just one type of crop and for bees if they're in that area and they don't really have anywhere else to go it's essentially like us. We'd be eating one type of food over and over again. So you don't get all the nutrients you really need to stay healthy. Oh, I wouldn't have thought of that. So like, you know, a, a giant cornfield really just exactly. provides them yeah. corn. And I mean, you know, nothing against corn, but we corn seems to be in Ontario, especially a lot of it is sprayed with pesticides. Right. So then yeah. um, I guess why should we care? I mean, there are a lot of things that are changing in our world and our environment, um, you know, but why should we pay more attention to what's happening to bees? Do you like food? I do like food a <laughs> lot, Daniel. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of us are foodies. And even if you aren't, you need uh, food to survive. And bees are responsible. So not just honeybees, you know, honeybees get a lot of the press, but mm-hmm. bumblebees, there's a lot of other native bees that are important too. And Really, what they do to help us is pollinate flowers. So a lot of flowers aren't able to sort of um, transfer pollen to each other. There are some that are wind-pollinated, but a lot of them actually require bees and other pollinators to do the work for them. So, you know, there are certain things we would actually would lose without bees. So almonds um, really need honeybees, and they truck about like 1.6 million colonies of bees down to California every year during the almond bloom. Is that right? They bring them down? They do from all across the U.S. actually, because there's not enough down there to pollinate everything, and it's a very wow. short period. So, you know, almonds. Um, but there's 
even if it's not almonds, there's a number of fruits and vegetables and other things that we all eat every day that would become significantly more expensive because bees actually increase yield. So it's kind of like, okay, well, pesticides and things like that are making it easy, you know, making less of the plants die away, but bees actually have, a, it makes the fruits a lot riper, it makes them larger um, and stuff like that. So, you know, let's say apples. If bees are pollinating in an apple orchard, the amount of apples goes up about 600 kilograms a hectare. Oh, wow. So, you know, there, there's different ways that bees are very important. And it's just besides all these fruits and veggies, um, people, almost everybody I know drinks either tea or coffee. Mm-hmm. And bees are responsible for pollinating the flowers um, that really lead to coffee and tea and everything we enjoy every morning. And I guess the, the point here is that it's supply and demand, right? So if someone's having a bad year or the crop is, is bad that year, um, I remember one year um, just a couple of years ago when the weather was so bad that the apples weren't great. So it became very expensive because if there's not – if you have a lower yield, then the price goes up. So if suddenly – whatever, almonds are suffering, well, it's going to get really expensive to start purchasing your favorite foods. Exactly. So, I mean, you know, it's a very long list of things, and you can find this list easily on the Internet, but there's a lot of different fruits uh, in in Ontario. Strawberries, blueberries, raspberries require bee pollination, cucumbers, tomatoes, all these things that are staples in most of our diet would – either become very hard to find, and two, if you can find them, extremely expensive. Mm-hmm. And in the case of almonds and maybe a few other ones like that, actually non-existent. So what can we do? Like, as a regular person who does not have a yard and who can't plant bee-friendly um, plants, although some do, I mean, many of our listeners do have, do have you know, yards or a garden, um, are there easy ways to, to help out the situation? Yeah, so I mean, for people that have a backyard or even not, if you're in a condo and you have a balcony, a lot of people are planting herb gardens these days. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there's certain things you can plant that bees typically like. And just in general, a good rule is to stick to bright colors. They they really like bright flowers. They're attracted to them and native uh, flowers native to your area as well. So, you know, we typically stuff like sunflowers, goldenrod, lavender, alfalfa, clover, things like that. And... Mm -hmm. You know, you can also plant, so the brighter is usually the key to go, and you also have a nice little vegetable garden, and you know what, if you plant cucumbers and things like that, the bees are actually going to reward you by coming to pollinate, and actually giving you probably, if you if you uh, didn't have bees in the area before, the best, the largest and ripest and best tasting cucumbers <laughs> you've ever had, so... They'll help you out with your garden. Yeah, exactly. One thing I actually didn't mention before that I usually like to mention to people because, you know, there's some carnivores out there that for some reason are against uh, fruits and vegetables. (laughs) Yes. But bees actually are very important in pollinating alfalfa Mm -hmm. and clover, and those are very important things in animal feed. Oh, okay, interesting. So So even if if you're a meat, if you only eat meat. (laughs) Exactly. If you somehow only eat meat and are surviving... The bees still matter to you. They're still uh, extremely important. Um, yeah. Now, so tell me what you do at Beekeepers Naturals, because that's the company that you've co-founded. Yeah, so we um, are focusing on sustainable natural bee products. There's a lot of great health benefits uh, found in bee products, and mm-hmm. I actually got involved with the company because I used to be one of your typical downtown guys uh, working in one of the tall buildings, and let's just say that I didn't really believe in natural products, and... Carly, the founder, actually gave me our first product, which is a propolis spray to try. I used to get sick all the time. 
and it really helped uh, my immune system and sort of how effective it was really spawned a whole change in my mindset about natural products, nutrition, and all these things. So that's a big part of our mission. Equally as important is saving the bees and raising awareness and, you know, trying to connect with people about what they can do. A lot of people, you know, it's like, well, I'm only one person. What can I really do? Can I make a big difference? Mm -hmm. We try and convince everybody that they can and convey to them that, you know, everybody doing a small bit can really make a change. Now, keep going. No, sorry. Well, I was going to say before we had our, like, I I only got to talk about planting, but, Mm -hmm. you know, there's different things you can do. So just in terms of, even if you don't want to do anything in your backyard, you can buy organic, try and buy non-GMO, um, so organic, you know, you're staying away from the pesticides. Non-GMO, typically they're sprayed with pesticides less mm-hmm. as well or coated. So you can do stuff like that. Obviously supporting local, you know where your food's coming from. And you can speak with, usually if you're at a farmer's market or somewhere, you can speak with the person who's brought you the food and kind of see where it comes from and what kind of practices they do. And a lot of people are very passionate about, you know, sustainability and things that they do. And they care about the environment and their livestock and things like that. And I know that we have, uh, we met because uh, you were having a workshop at this really great little place on um, College Street West called The, the shop. shop. Yes. And and um, we met and we realized that we sort of know the same beekeeper. And, uh, and I've mentioned on the show several times that um, I have purchased uh, part of a beehive through Fred D's Bees. And he does all the work. Um, and Which I... It is a lot of work, by the way. It is it, a lot of work. Beekeepers... Yeah, beekeepers do an incredible amount of work and he really he does it because he loves it and I you know I purchased the hive which kind of you know helps him do the work that he does and it goes towards the cause and then in the end at the you know at the end of the summer I'm rewarded uh, with a giant bucket of honey so to me being a city dweller in a condo without a balcony um, it's sort of the one way I could think of in terms of trying to help the cause. And, and yeah. whenever I speak about it, people are, I usually get listeners who are interested. So Fred D's Bees, you can Google that and uh, you can find out how you could even, you know, own a full hive if you want or half a hive or a quarter. Uh, there are a couple of ways to do that. And then I also tell people, you know, when you, if you're going to buy honey, go to the farmer's market, buy honey from oh, yeah. someone there who, you know, maybe don't, has a couple yeah, of don't hives. Go to your, don't go to the shop or, you know, your local supermarket. There's just a lot of good stuff around, so exactly. you know we can decide and make a difference with your dollar. Uh, Daniel, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate all the info. Thank you for having me, everybody. Help spread the word, share the buzz <laughs> to your friends. They really won't sting you unless you get near their hives and upset them. Yeah, great. Thanks, Daniel. Thanks, Trey. Have a great one. That's Daniel Miller from Beekeepers Naturals. Uh, I guess, speaking of chemicals, up next, what nasty ones might be lurking in your child's car seat? And if you don't have kids, well, uh, you might be using shaving cream or shaving gel on a daily basis. There might be some stuff in there that you weren't aware about. I'll talk to ecoholic Adria Vassal after the break. You're listening to The Pay Chen Show on In-Depth Radio News Talk 1010. Oh, this part is the good part. The other part was weird and moody. Well, you got to have a build-up. I... <laughs> Thank you, Elliot. 
Elliot, of course, my technical producer. Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to The Pay Chen Show on In-Depth Radio News Talk 1010 on this August long weekend. Um, thanks for tuning in and for your texts as well, 71010. Uh, hopefully you've been enjoying the mostly good weather that we've been having. Um, it's something that uh, you likely might you are using every day or every few days, but do you actually know what's in your shaving cream or shaving gel? I never thought it was really it was very important actually up until I read Adria's um, column. So Adria Vassal, ecoholic with Now Magazine, is here to chat about her most recent columns, including one that exposes the chemicals hiding in your kid's car seat. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. But first, Adria, let's start off with shaving gels and creams because that's something that I think a large percentage of the population uses on a regular basis. You're right. Despite all the people walking around with beards. Yeah, exactly. Is there like a, have the sales of shaving cream gone down perhaps in the past year or two? I, yeah, definitely the rise of, you know, hipster beards has, has decreased, uh, <laughs> decreased sales a little bit. So taking a dent out of uh, shaving creams. But um, at the same time, they're still extremely popular, especially, you know, it's not just for men's faces. Women's are, women are using them on their legs and underarms, et cetera. And, you're exposing yourself to a whole slew of you know hidden toxins that you wouldn't assume would be in something as basic as you know shaving cream or shaving gel stuff that really isn't necessary either i tend to assume for some reason that the products that i use must be safe because surely there are all these organizations and you know rules and laws that would wouldn't allow these chemicals and these products that I'm putting on my skin and then like shaving off with a razor. Right. But in fact, um, there's, there are a couple of things that we should be looking for and trying to avoid. Yeah. I mean, you know, I always assumed too, that there was this, you know, giant, <laughs> giant lab or giant building full of scientists, that, you know, the government uh, had conducting experiments on, you know, products and double checking everything to make sure that it was all safe. But just because the product is on shelves doesn't mean that the ingredients are all clear when it comes to links to cancer or hormone disruption or that kind of thing. And you can really see that when you look at the difference between jurisdictions. So, uh, there's an ingredient that you can find in Skintimate Shave Gel, BHA, mm -hmm. which, you know, in Canada is perfectly legal. Meanwhile, in California, it actually has to come on the can, has to have a warning. This product contains an ingredient known to the state of California to cause cancer or hormone disruption. And that is just, you know, par for the course there. Wow. Uh, so it's a warning. It's a, it's a warning in California, but it's fine here. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So there they recognize that it's, you know, uh, officially listed as a possible human carcinogen. Mm -hmm. And so the interesting thing that is, though, that even California, um, they might warn you that ingredients in there it doesn't mean that it's actually banned from being in products. So even when there is a warning, um, it's not illegal to use an, an ingredient tied to cancer. So uh, right. but they are one step ahead, whereas in Canada, we don't inform the consumer of this kind of thing. A couple of years ago, uh, Ontario came really close to bringing in this kind of, you know, consumer right to know mm -hmm. possible warning system, but it never actually, you know, went forward in Parliament. So that's a shame. Um, but, you know, it's, uh, it's something that means consumers have to do their own ingredient check. You really can't trust. That's tough for people. Front. That's a lot to ask because I don't know what half of these chemicals are. So I don't, I, it's very easy to read a label and just not understand a single word on there. 
No, you're totally right. And especially when they kind of dupe you on the front with lots of natural looking images, you know. Well, I just want you to know that my shaving gel has raspberries and peaches in it. So (laughs) that's what the label says. I wouldn't eat it, Pay. I really wouldn't (laughs) eat it if I were you. (laughs) It won't replace my morning yogurt. No, Um, please, please. But there are, you know, there are some alternatives. And but the thing is that even some brands like Avino and Neutrogena, which is, you know, they're both owned by Johnson Johnson. Johnson Johnson was kind of a leader when it came out a couple of years ago and said, okay, you know what? We're hearing, we're getting a lot of flack from consumers who are tired of having to, you know, or who are freaked out about all these ingredients in products. And we're going to phase out a few of them by 2015. And they said they're going to get rid of, you know, triclosan, parabens, et cetera. Except they said, well, we're going to keep the parabens. The people, we know people don't like them, but we're going to keep them in a couple products, you know, no biggie. They'll be in adult products, not kids' products. And they kept them in their, you know, Aveeno and Neutrogena shave creams and shave gels. So that's kind of annoying because you're recognizing that, you know, it's, it's not a great ingredient. We don't want it in there. But you know what? For people who shave, who give the crap, we're right. leave it in there. So it's a, it's a little bit frustrating to see that. Uh, you know, luckily there are a lot of natural alternatives. And I review those too. But, you yeah, know, as I say every week, just because it's natural doesn't mean it's actually effective or, you know, as natural as it claims to be. So, um, you know, it's always even there. I always recommend that people do ingredient checks because you just never know. Mm-hmm. And not all of them perform as well. So you No, know, that's true. We're kind of used to, like, we want frothy. We want something that smells good. Sometimes the natural stuff is neither of those things. You know what? I'm going to have to tell you, Pei, if you're going to go the natural route, you got to let go of the foam. You're not going to... No, I hear that about... That's the same with shampoo, right? The foamy stuff is is just there to for, like, feel... It just... Because it feels good. It feels good. And, you know, I I remember when I put on my dad's shaving cream when I was, like, five years old, that was so fun to get all that froth. But it's really not necessary, to be honest with you. You you can get rid of all that and just shave with your conditioner, you know, or your... Your... I, I mean... Conditioner, shampoo, body wash, they all work just as well, to be honest. You don't really – we're kind of convinced that we need a product, specialty product for every little part of our body. <laughs> well, <laughs> really? between my eye cream and my face cream and then my neck cream, yeah, you exactly. know, and I do have all those. cream, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And it's the same thing here. You know, we don't really need specialty shaving products. And in my opinion, you don't even need to use, you know, the, the shampoo or the conditioner, et cetera, when I really like going DIY on the shaving front and just walk into your kitchen, grab a nice bottle of oil, and okay maybe don't keep it in glass in the bathroom but right. transfer it to a non-breakable container and then literally just shave with that oil so you know the funny thing is that in the health food store not health food store but even in the drugstores now they sell sell this shaving oil which is like you know ten dollars for an ounce meanwhile you can just go to your kitchen and it is a lot cheaper you can just use like vegetable oil yeah just use you know oh. olive oil sunflower yeah. oil whatever okay. and just Grab a few drops, put a few drops on your skin, you know, like after your shower or, um, you know, not when you're pouring wet with, under the stream of the shower and, um, and to shave as usual. And you'll get a really nice clean shave, you know, direct from nature, no extra, you know, dodgy ingredients. You don't have to worry about having to decipher an ingredient list. full of Right. And you can also make up a salad dressing in the shower afterwards. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. So let's, let's talk about your latest column, which uh, was about car seats. Right. Yeah, that was definitely a controversial one. Um, 
I was reporting on a report that came out from an organization in the United States called the, the Ecology Center. The Ecology Center um, has their website called healthystuff.org, and they're really great. They've tested so many different products over the years, from cars to car seats. I think they've tested hundreds of children's car seats over the years. But the latest study tested 15 car seats and found that 73% of them contained hazardous flame retardants. And, you know, you'll say, okay, well, we, don't we need flame retardants? in car seats, don't we not want them to combust, mm -hmm. uh, you know, in case of an accident. And that's definitely true, but do we need the flame retardants that they're actually using? To be honest with you, some of the flame retardants that were detected in these child care, child car seats were, were, you know, were actually banned from pajamas, but okay for the car seat that your kids oh. spend a lot of time in. Another one um, is actually being phased out on a globally. There's a global ban that's going to be kicking in on it. Meanwhile, it's still in one of the most popular car seats on the market. So, so really kind of upsetting when mm -hmm. you think, well, this is one area where we should be really progressive and making sure we're using the cleanest possible options and not being laggards about the type of flame retardants we're using in there. So what are the better options? Are there like greener options in terms yeah, of car so they, this, you know, You can go to healthystuff.org and you can see the 15 brands that they rated this time. Right. Um, but some of the ones that I mentioned, one of them is pretty cool because it's actually made in Ontario. It's made right here in London, Ontario. Mm -hmm. um, and it is, the company's called Cleck and they have they have these wacky names like Funf and Flow and anyway they were tested to be free of you know these dodgy brominated and chlorinated flame retardants so that's really good um, and they're one of the only car seats I found that actually offers uh, car seat recycling when you're done with it um, the fabric on there is all Green Guard certified so there's no dodgy chemicals coming off of it and yeah the problem with this one is that it's definitely a little bit more expensive. Um, but it is it is an option. Um, now, you have to keep in mind, by the way, that the people behind HealthyStuff.org, behind the report, said, look, we're not saying that everyone's got to go out and throw away their car seat. First of all, car seats are mandatory, so no matter what yeah. happens, you've got to strap your little one in. And uh, the, the, the things that you have to keep in mind are, look – a lot of parents keep their kids in their car seat when they're not in the car. You know, they'll bring, in, bring the seat inside mm -hmm. and let their kids nap in there and, you know, put it in their stroller and keep using it. And, you know, it's, it's, you definitely want to minimize your child's time in the car seat. Right. And when you're in the car, you know, try and keep the windows cracked. They recommend vacuuming. They recommend protecting the seat from too many UV rays. So get those kind of window shields. Mm -hmm. Um, a few tips like that. So it's not everyone can go out and buy the greenest, cleanest. No, you know. they can't. It can, you know, there's cost is a factor as well. So, That's um, it. exactly. So the best you can do is do your research and see what you can afford. Uh, just very quickly, can you mention the latest update on the ban on microbeads? We've yeah, talked about very this before. Exciting news. Yeah. Um, just Friday afternoon, like two days ago, the feds came out and said that they are going to be. Um, they're trying. They're basically promising to label microbeads as officially toxic to the environment, and they promise that a ban is coming. Um, they say that you know they're going to be 
banning the import and manufacture of microbeads, which is awesome because microbeads, just to remind our, your listeners, we were talking mm-hmm. about these a few weeks ago, and there are those little plastic beads that are in toothpaste and they're in, you know, face scrubs and body scrubs. They're even in, you know, wrinkle creams. They're mm-hmm. filling in those wrinkles um, and they're causing major problems for fish downstream and the environment. So it is nice to see that the feds are listening on this front because I don't often have a lot of good environmental news at the federal <laughs> level. Right. Um, but this is hopefully a good news story. I have to tell you, Pei, that there, are, there have been several examples in the past where um, the federal government promised to label something toxic, promised to phase an ingredient out, and mm-hmm. we have, are still waiting for that okay. years later. So I really encourage you guys, especially this time, election time, everyone mm-hmm. wants your votes. you got to keep the pressure on your politicians and say, look, make sure this ban comes in. We want microbeads out today, and we want all of these hazardous toxins out today, and we've yeah. got to get serious about it. Okay, great stuff. Thanks so much, Adria. Thanks. Take care. That's Adria Vassal from uh, Now Magazine. Her column is Ecoholic. You can find out more at adriavassal.com. Tuning in tonight, uh, paychan.com is the website if you want to catch up on uh, any of the previous shows. Last week's show was a lot of fun for me. I was able to do the show from Montreal with my best friend, and we had a lot of fun. We talked about um, public pet peeves, and you guys had a lot to say about that. It was really great to, um, to have so many listeners interact and share the things that annoy them. So you can tune in if you like and uh, listen to the podcast. You can also find it on um, in iTunes and um, on a, a couple of uh, podcast streaming sites. But paychen.com, you can find the link there. Just to let you know about something that's happening in the city uh, next weekend, next Saturday, that's August 8th, there is this uh, event called the Lovin' Local Food Fest. It's a free event, which is why I'm telling you about it. And it's taking place at Young Dundas Square, um, 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. So it's a really fun food festival. They're going to have cooking demos with uh, Chef Lynn Crawford, on stage battles of the chef's uh, family fun zone. Also some big musical performances, including uh, Julie Black. So you can uh, check that out next Saturday at uh, Young Dundas Square, if you like. Vinny White has just walked in, so he's joining me now. Good evening, Vinny. Hello. Hello. Uh, you're doing two hours tonight, is that right? Yeah. Okay. Oh, What's coming up? Okay. Sorry, I'm just adjusting my equipment, which sounds... Which tough. is not... Doesn't sound nice. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, which is massive. I thought, how do you know that? Um, I don't, trust me, I don't. I don't know. And there's no way I would know that. And if you did, you would definitely not come to that conclusion, certainly. Um, let's move away from that department and on to uh, your question. What's coming up on my show? Ashley Madison has been held probably to bribery, as probably most people know by now. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that came out on the John Oliver, fantastic John Oliver show that you've probably seen on YouTube by now, is the fact, well, spurious fact, that in Ottawa, apparently one in five people are on Ashley Madison. Yeah. Is it true? Are there any stats to go through this? And what do um, those in the sex therapy industry make of it? So we'll be looking at that. Did you do your research and find out if one in five actually is in I mean, you, not yeah, I did. And also I've got an inside point of view because I lived there for six years. Yeah. So I... My conclusion is I don't believe it, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't blame them because it's quite boring. <laughs> like, 
what else is there to do? Is yeah, that what I mean? a little bit. I mean, you could skate the canal, couldn't you? But yeah. it's not as exciting as having sex with your neighbour's wife. Oh, not no. recommending it at all. But I do find, and this is one of the things that the professionals have concluded, a lot of high educated cities yeah. with what could be termed as at least clinical and sometimes boring jobs, let's be frank, have a higher um, rate of infidelity. That's the conclusion. Oh, interesting. So we'll be looking at that more okay. on my show. Sounds good. How was your show? I'm afraid I didn't get to hear it. You kind of say that every week. Um, mm. <laughs> next week you're filling in for me. I want to remind you because I'll be in Halifax um, being whatever, going crazy with my family. But uh, Going crazy? A little bit. We're all going to be under one roof. So it oh, should be interesting. Oh, that's kind of crazy. Yeah, just a little bit. But uh, it'd be good. I get to meet my, my little wee niece for the first time. So I'm looking forward to that. You can't pick them, family. Nope. You can't. You just lumbered you, with them. Sometimes you just have to bite your tongue and uh, pretend like your internet connection doesn't work, and that's why you disconnected <laughs> with your mom on FaceTime. <laughs> I've done that too. <laughs> oh, sorry, bad internet, mom. Got it. Nope, can't hear you. Bye. I, I've learned a technique of sounding like you're cutting out. Would you like to hear it? No. Okay. Okay, so you be my... <laughs> like, I don't know if I want to. <laughs> you be my mother. Okay. And be very um, persistent about how I should phone you more. Vinny, you don't call me enough. I don't know if you're alive. I don't know where you are. I don't know uh, what's going on with you. If you're in the dead in a ditch somewhere or um, if you've been kidnapped by someone and have been dragged. Are you going to say anything I'm waiting for you to conclude. Oh, I'm so, okay, bye. <laughs> Vinny just spit out his water. It's the worst role play we've ever done. Oh, I thought you were supposed to cut me off. No, you're supposed to ask me a question, then I'm oh, supposed sorry. to break up. I thought I was just rambling as your mother. <laughs> you were doing quite a good job, actually. I'm supposed to ask you a question. Yes. Um, Vinny. So ask me why I never call you. In a why nor- ideally in a Northern English accent, if you can. I can't do it. Mm. Why don't you ever call me? Was that an attempt at an accent? or you just? No, did... I didn't even okay. try. Well, Mum, I, I do. It's just that as you know, with a... At this... Vinny? 76. And that's the pro... Vinny? Shoes and cheese. Vinny? Yes, dear? This call's not working. Uh, I'll call you back another time. Bye, Mum. That's how you get out of it, you see. Mm. Poor Mum. Actually, do you know, the weird thing is with my mother, it's completely reverse. I call her a lot. Oh, yeah? She hasn't called me in, I don't know, eight months. My mother, now that she has an iPad and now has email, and she doesn't use email a whole lot, um, she emails me just to tell me what to buy her. That's the only reason she emails me. That's mental. No, I'm not kidding you. She sent me an email the other day, and all it said was, I need more coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Is that, are you supposed to bring that from Ontario to Nova Scotia? Yep. Yep, I'm supposed to buy her coffee. She will email me a photo of an empty jar of expensive face cream. Shut up. I'm not even kidding you. She emailed me the photo. She's holding it. And it's a jar of expensive face cream that she had bought previously at at Duty Free. Because my father would absolutely have a fit if he knew that she was buying expensive cream. So her way to get around it is when she, the times that, she, let's say she goes home to Taiwan and she stops in a duty-free and how is he going to know? Um, but because depending on where I travel, she will ask me to buy it for her. At duty- I have no more of this cream left. Send photo of empty jar. 
Yeah, that's what she. That's her thing now. So not even. Could you pick me one up, please? No, or? no, just to just to tell me what she's and if out you of. Do get one, and you take it with you. Is she gonna. I did. I did. I went in and I bought it. And did she refund you? No, she's my mom. Mate, this is. No, I wouldn't take. No, I wouldn't take money world. from my mom. But it was it was expensive. I said to her afterwards, like this cream is very expensive. Also, it is works just the same as the $10 cream at the drugstore. My mom really buys into advertising. Like, she's one of those people that you could market um, ridiculous things to. And mm. and then she'll, like, she'll be like, oh, I would really like the whatever it is. That's just get her a bottle of mayonnaise and stick it in there. <laughs> Have her put it into her hair. Yeah. Um, there's this new trend that I'm not sure if you've noticed this at all because I know, you know, you're online, Facebook and all that. Um there is this new trend that they have been writing about in New York, which I think is now in most major cities, of women who, when they give birth, not only is, let's say, their um, you know partner perhaps in the hospital and maybe some of their family and the doctors, but in the delivery room, the next important person is someone they've hired to do their hair and makeup. And... Uh, some experts say that uh, part of this trend may have started with Kate Middleton, for example. She gave birth and all of a sudden she had her hair look like it had just been done. She, she looked really refreshed. She had rosy cheeks. She had a little bit of makeup on. So because we live in this like selfie age mm. where everybody posts photos of all the, you know, huge moments in your life. And I think it's great. I love seeing people after they've, you know, with their baby, after they've given birth. But people are realizing that these photos are being viewed by a lot of people, by their friends, their family, their colleagues. They don't want to look sweaty and tired with matted hair. So there is a trend now of people hiring hairstylists and makeup artists mm. to be in the delivery room to do a touch-up so that the first photo with baby, they look ready. I'm just going to give up. I'm just moving to Fiji. I just can't <laughs> be arsed with it anymore. I just don't like the world we live in. I didn't need to hear that. You've just depressed me. Well, there was a so there's a mom in New York City who said, I just want cool pictures of me and my baby. And the hair and so this uh salon has said that in the last three months, they've had a two hundred percent increase in these hospital bookings mm. for new moms who want to be camera ready. Brilliant. I don't, I don't have anything to offer. For once in my life, I've got nothing. You've just brought me down a bit. Did I ruin it for you? Well, you know what was also... I remember uh, talking about this about a year ago, how young women were getting um, injections into their hands, like little Botox injections, yeah. because it was basically called... Because of the ring selfie. So when you get engaged, everyone posts a photo of their hands with the oh. ring. They want their hands to look ready. And hands are generally kind of veiny. So even young women who were getting... Who um, perhaps knew they were getting engaged or right after they got engaged would mm. book uh, cosmetic surgery injections to make sure their hands looked perfect right. for their little ring ring selfie photo. It's not the same reaction. So now everyone who has babies looks beautiful and it looks like yeah. it isn't hard work at all. But self-perpetuating, isn't it? Because the only reason that they're doing that is because, for example, Kate Middleton for, for a part... Which she looked great. Yeah, for so for a part of it, she she would have an influence, and then of course it's not just her; it's the adverts that we're bombarded with regularly. But the issue here is that if now women are doing this, it may certainly in richer areas of the Western world become abnormal to not do that in years to come, right. which then perpetuates that you have to look even more beautiful. So essentially, you you have to be almost completely perfect all the time, regardless of who you are, whether you're a princess or not. 
Well, and if you want to post those photos, then yeah, you're not going to, or Photoshop. <laughs> and that's why we work on the radio. <laughs> you know what? Let's just not have kids. Face like a sack of hammers, you, haven't you? Me? I have a face like a sack of hammers? Yeah, I, I feel like that's an insult. I, I'm so glad you got it. That was the point. But it wasn't, it wasn't a genuine <laughs> I'm like, why one. why would you say that to me? <laughs> oh, God, this is embarrassing. It was supposed to be a joke, but as always, it went down like a poo sandwich. You well, Yeah, it did. Thanks so much. You're a very beautiful woman. It's oh, too God. late for that backpedal, now. Backpedal. It's too late. Um, Vinny White, of course, is coming up next. Uh, next weekend, he will be covering for me. So please don't, please don't ruin it. Please be oh, nice. Um, but you can always follow along at Paychen on Twitter and Instagram or on Facebook even. I, I am there and um, look forward to hearing from you. And Paychen.com is the website. You can also find podcasts there. So enjoy your long weekend for those of you who have tomorrow off. If you don't, it's okay. We're working too. Yeah. I think that's my favorite moment in radio. What? You've got a face like a sack of hammers. That feels like it might be an insult. <laughs> I just don't understand your British compliments. I really don't. I'm trying to understand it right now. Have a great night, everyone. And I'll, uh, I'll be back in two weeks.